3: Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbo, hope you're all right. Good stuff earlier today. We'll hear from Trev Alberts, John Cook. All that goodness says Nebraska going to break an attendance record in August in the name of volleyball and Title IX. Pretty awesome. We'll dive into some football thoughts. The Athletic, ESPN.com. Elijah, they are, uh, I don't want to say going after your quarterback, but man, oh, man, they're, they're uh, letting some cats out of some bags uh, when it comes to danger. Let's ride Russell Wilson. We'll get there. Husker basketball as they take on Minnesota. Uh, are you feeling confident about Big Red basketball? The win streak's incredible. The chemistry undoubted. The coaching, phenomenal. Wonderful. Do you still feel okay about tomorrow? Or is there a little bit of trepidation with Minnesota coming in? Listen, Sparty's going to be tough. We're at Rosie's next Tuesday. Come see us 4-6 to downtown Lincoln. And then, uh, of course, you you wrap with Iowa. So, uh, some Husker... Basketball and baseball news. We'll check in with Jacob Padilla. 20 minutes. Get the prep rundown. A busy district schedule uh, to cover there. Jacob Stantz also as he was at the presser with John Cook, Trev Alberts, and uh, Husker Volleyball. Bill Dolman in one hour. We'll talk some Big Red with him. And uh, more on the recruiting front and what's looming With spring football, Brady Altman's with us. Can join us today, 489 1240. 489 1240, the numbers to get in. Can also uh, jump on uh, the Hale Varsity YouTube stream. That is live and in video for you the Hale Varsity YouTube or Hale Varsity Twitter at HVarsity Radio. And can find uh, KFOR Facebook and Twitter as well if you want to watch the show. And uh, email, as always, chris at halevarsity.com. I love what Nebraska's doing. It'll be a day of celebration for the Big Red in August. And uh, you've had uh, 50 years of Title IX. And uh, Nebraska, cognizant of that, Nebraska been a leader when it comes to Title IX. Nebraska's been a leader when it comes to uh, volleyball. And uh, what this state is, what Terry Pettit did, what John Cook has continued to do. And uh, I like the cowboy hat touch. I was waiting on some, uh, some Yellowstone theatrical music, some speakers to be rolled in on the sixth floor and have the, the opening sound of, of, uh, of Yellowstone as John Cook put the cowboy hat on he got from, from Governor Pillen. But listen, uh, I like Nebraska's competitiveness first. A, Wisconsin. Listen, John Cook built that for you, too, by the way. And uh, (laughs) Wisconsin, uh, the the record's going to come back to Nebraska. So, good. Uh, Went on the court against Wisconsin even better. Uh, Nebraska working on that. Two, listen, John Cook is not a spring chicken. He looks way younger than he is. He coaches way younger than he is, so this is not an age take. But John Cook's been doing this forever. John Cook's got land in big sky country, all right? At some point, you hit a wall. I don't know if that's the case or not, but at some point, you say, have I done enough? Is it time to retire? At some point, you want to settle down, have a simple life with your at family, some point your point you horses, want to retire and, and
0: not worry about volleyball.
3: Right. And this is based on how last season finished and what you have in the cupboard this year, and then this kickoff. It's, it's a fantastic tribute. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of things, but I, I also look at this as a tribute. You can't not keep going with this tribute. You can't not use this as momentum. I mean, you're going to be the toast, deservedly so, of women's athletics and, of course, the state of Nebraska before football season gets rolling. And you're you've been carrying the athletics of this university – for a decade period you're the only program that's been i mean baseball's had some moments basketball's had a couple of moments football's had very few moments been carrying everyone's ass good for you and man let's showcase it those are all the things that that went through my mind mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those things can debate my mind i i totally get that but that's
0: what i look at and Hey, let's let's send a tribute out, man. Well, and you talk about that tribute, and we, we had this yesterday. We're very excited for Husker Volleyball Memorial Stadium. Uh, Trev, you had this yesterday. Thank you. Trev, Trev didn't skirt around the issue this morning. He said, you know what, this is about getting the, the attendance record where it rightfully belongs, and that's Nebraska. Nebraska's the best volleyball state in the country. We're going to prove it. We're going to set a record that nobody's going to be able to break. That's a great way to honor John Cook. Yeah. Something I've been saying for years and years, and it still rings true right now, Build a damn statue while you're at it. Put out in in front of the new football facility. John Cook with the fist bump winning the national championship. Build a statue. Honor him while he's still here. Unveil it whenever you're doing this great event at Memorial Stadium. There is no reason that one of the two greatest coaches in Nebraska athletics history. Yes, I think it goes Tom Osborne. John Cook, that's your one and two in Nebraska athletics history in terms of greatest coaches. You can put Devaney in there too, Schmidt. And I know you would probably want to put Devaney in there, but I mean, look I, at the results. We're
3: gonna we're gonna open a can of worms that, that I mean, Dolman may bust through the wall here before five o'clock. If we're gonna rank, that's a fair question. Let's rank the greatest coaches. And there's people right now screaming at their radio or their their tablet. There's no ranking to discuss. It's T O. He's awesome. And Devaney, De, Devaney built it and hired it. Tom maintained it and made it great, too. So then you got John Cook in his own sport. Well, that's, Terry, that, that's Cook, the thing. Terry Cook, uh, Terry Three, Terry, P- Pettit, Pettit. Terry Pettit went door to door with tickets, man, and built this thing up. So the, the two greats, Osborne and... And, and Cook
0: had had predecessors. But, but look look at how these other guys have been honored. Tom Osborne's got a statue outside North Stadium with Brooke Baringer. Oh, and the field at Memorial Stadium is named after mm-hmm. him. It's Tom Osborne Field. Bob Devaney of the Bob Devaney Sports Center, which has been around for years, will continue to be around for years because of these renovations. They're both honored. Terry Pettit Court is the mm-hmm. court at Bob Devaney. He's been honored. Where has John Cook been honored? I know he's still a head coach, but why does that stop you from honoring one of the greatest to Maybe ever do a in the sport of volleyball?
3: Nebraska volleyball building.
0: Maybe, but there needs to be something on campus within the athletic department that honors John Cook. I vote a statue in front of that new football facility. You want to, to model excellence him, for ask, ask him, all the where, athletes? Ask him where he wants it. Sure. Ask him where he sure. wants it. He may not want it at Memorial. Sure, sure. <laughs> put, a, put a statue over the hell he wants it, but it's time. He's one of the greatest coaches in Husker history. He's also one of the greatest coaches in volleyball history at the collegiate level. One of the greatest to ever do it. There needs to be some sort of way that this university can honor him before he is no longer Nebraska's coach. Honor him while he is here. We've all witnessed the greatness. We all understand that that dude's going to get a statue at some point in time in the Nebraska Athletic Department. Can can we at least honor him while we're still going while well, while he is still going and honor the greatness that is John Cook put a statue up while you're about it and I understand that's a a whole nother thing let's appreciate what we have while we have it and mm-hmm. what we have right now is we're gonna have a great volleyball event at Memorial Stadium this fall that I'm very much looking forward to but come on I, I called for this like three years ago it's been time to get a statue of John Cook, or at least something to honor him
3: well uh and you'll honor him with butts in the seats don't know who the act is gonna be uh, Brando's not wrong here. Love me some Mark Manning, mm. big uh, big time uh, coach, incredible coach. So we'll we'll put Dolman on the spot. We may give him a heads up, but but rank the top five coaches in Nebraska, current or former. And I got to go to Vanny one, and I know Osborne's one three title, and I love To's, but I got to look at who brought to into the fold all right now the other argument to that is well who was calling the plays when Devani was winning championships it was to <laughs> so shove it there right and then cook is phenomenal multiple championships pettit though i mean pettit's the godfather pettit laid the foundation big time and so did so did bob mm-hmm. so i mean i did you, you honor what Concrete work was done, or do you say, man, those are some sweet wood floors? <laughs> it's a great trophy room. Yeah, it is. Uh, numbers to get in four eight nine twelve forty eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. A little bit here from Trev uh, about uh, imploring the uh, Big Red Faithful to uh, to break the record come August.
1: And I do need to acknowledge that we hope that one of the outcomes. Of celebrating our volleyball programs in the state of Nebraska is that we for once and for all uh, establish the all-time attendance record for volleyball nationally okay as I said many months ago the attendance record for volleyball belongs in the state of Nebraska so I'm gonna be the first person to say it. you'll probably hear from some others but I'm going to implore Husker Nation and I'm going to implore Uh, volleyball fans across the state of nebraska to come to memorial stadium we're going to do this once and i want to hope that the number is large enough that nobody dares even try to (laughs) attack uh, our all-time record that is ours mad
3: town you've been renting end of discussion Good night. Hope you enjoyed it for your nine months. Mm -hmm. Revenue. They are going to share, which is good. That's UNO. That is UNK. That is Wayne
1: State. Um, I want to be very transparent here. This is not an effort from the University of Nebraska to put on a big event and and keep all the revenue. We've made a commitment to the participating schools that we're going to share revenue. And each participating school is going to receive $50,000 as a result of participating in this event.
3: That's all good. Share the fundage. Don't know what, what do you imagine tickets for this will be?
0: I think you have to make it, if you're trying to really break the the attendance record, you make them somewhat economical. I was going to say somewhere in that $15 range. Can
3: I ask this next question? Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Do you bring in beer? You
3: better. (laughs) Do you go from volleyball show
0: to concert at night? Well I mean that's what I'm saying with with if you're going to have a concert you better have the beer. That's usually how these artists are able to to fund these things. No no
3: you're going to have you're going to have the, you're the, gonna have the beer. It. You're going to have beer for the show. So why so wouldn't you have
0: it for volleyball?
3: Well, I I understand there's d- d- a lot of d- red tape it, in the do way. Do they have
0: it now? There's a lot of red tape in do the way. Do they have it now? No. There's a lot of red tape in the way, but like, are you serious? It's it's going to be a hot day in August, and I'm going to be outside no, watching I, volleyball. I, I, you better have beer for me. You if, be. if you don't have beer for me, I'm bringing it in some way, shape, or form.
3: <laughs> that, folks, is Elijah Herbal. <laughs> Check his pockets. Sir, I need you to stand over there, spread your legs. We will pat you down briefly. Uh, last thought here from Trev here. Uh, if Mother Nature gives us the middle finger.
1: It does rain sometimes outside. <laughs> uh, and so if that happens, we'll just be moving over to Devaney Center and do the best that we can. But we're still going to be able to to really lift up women's athletics and volleyball in the state of Nebraska.
0: Well, good enough. Nebraska thumbs up to you. Should be incredible. And along with this, we also have Governor Jim Pillen announcing August 28th, 2023 is Nebraska Volleyball Day. Mm-hmm. So it's a day to honor just the importance of the the sport within the state because even since I've been alive in my lifetime. The, the growth of volleyball has been incredible. Not just Nebraska, but you also look at UNK, Wayne State, two of the best programs in their respective conferences in the country. You have UNO. UNO uh, and is then, smoking, man. They're and, good. And then you have high school volleyball. Do you see the attendance numbers of high school state mm-hmm. volleyball uh, every single year at Pinnacle Bank Arena? It's bonkers. So just the effect that volleyball has on this state, well-deserved that we get a data to, to honor this, the, the sport of volleyball within the state of Nebraska and the effect it's had.
3: Well, we'll uh, bring up the uh, the coaching question to uh, to Dolman, uh, we'll get into some recruiting as well. Going to touch on uh, Nebraska basketball tomorrow. Minnesota comes in. Husker Baseball, Alabama, South Alabama today. They've got a couple of sluggers, a good pitching staff. Um, uh, Brian's asking about Camp Randall. What's the capacity there? I think they're at 80, 70
0: to 80. I think they're like 70, 75 or something yeah, like I mean, that. They're, they're, they're kind of
3: like... like old Memorial Stadium numbers. The old seventy six thousand uh, something it is like that
0: eighty thousand
3: three hundred and twenty one okay eighty k is what it is and Nebraska can get um, well ninety at one point in time you know they'll no. they'll do that they'll try and do that. what's the what you, you you think, do you think you think they sell do you think they sell it out do you think they hit ninety. You think they get third largest city in the state of Nebraska to come watch this volleyball? I know they've been
0: asked to, I think and I know that, they'll that, make it affordable enough. The concert announcement afterwards is going to be a, a big factor. I mm-hmm. think who is going to be performing that show. And then also, do the, the fans of UNK and Wayne... Sure, they'll do, make do, the roadie. Do, do they make the roadie? Do they fill up the stadium? And uh, I think it comes down to more than just the volleyball in terms of Nebraska, can Nebraska fill up Memorial Stadium? What other events are going to be happening around the stadium that day? What else comes along with you know Nebraska Volleyball Day? But realistically could Nebraska fill it up yes do I foresee it I don't know I think they'll get at least 60,000 in there yeah. what was the record Wisconsin had uh, it like 18, 000, 18. Uh-huh. 18. That, it's like 18,000 18 18 that's gonna get blown out of the water that's, yeah. that's no question That'll about get, mind. that could get tripled oh yeah yeah I don't say could I would say is likely to get tripled okay. does it get quadrupled do they hit 80 that's the point where I go now I don't know I don't know it is uh, going to be on let's see what day is this it's The
3: the Wednesday before Minnesota? I I believe
0: it's like the day before Nebraska. Or two days before Nebraska-Minnesota. No, wait, no, my my math is wrong here.
3: Thursday is that
0: game. Thursday is that game, and this goes down on Monday. Is that right?
3: Yeah. Kickoff. Bang. Should be fun. Good enough. Uh, So, there we have it. Nebraska going to celebrate, honor, and uh, get butts in the seats at Memorial Bad math, Stadium. You were
0: right. It was Wednesday. Wednesday, the volleyball match will be going down in Thursday's Husker football. That's what off. I. Th- that's yes. what I thought. You are correct. Yep. You are better with calendars than I. So Brian is adamant. Uh, he'll be there,
3: and he says Nebraska can hit 80k. Be- really interesting question, though. Like, who's the greatest Nebraska coach of all time? Do you go to Vanny? Do you go to Osborne? Do you go? Do you go Cook? Cook? Do you go Pettit?
0: I don't think you go Frost. That was wasn't, a low blow. wasn't going
3: to <laughs> mention him. No. That was a low blow. I do apologize. <laughs> uh, Danny Dean right now is swearing like Joe Pesci. That's a conversation.
4: and now and now back to hail varsity radio
3: thanks for spending time at hail varsity radio presented by currency Chris Schmidt, elijah herbal as we head to the sixth floor press box uh posted up jacob padilla at the uh, press conference a bit earlier with uh, trev alberts john cook jacob do you have a cowboy hat did they hand those out earlier
5: I do not. That was a, a special gift for John Cook. Uh, apparently, it was a pretty uh, high-end uh, cowboy hat, which um, I wouldn't know about. But uh, he was pretty pretty happy to receive it.
0: <laughs> so I'm assuming you don't even own a cowboy hat in any sense of the uh, the word, Jacob.
5: I, I do not. I at one point as a kid, I had one, mm-hmm. but uh, that's probably about it. I'm not
3: cool enough to rock a cowboy hat, uh, and I I I would. Find the coolest and, and most expensive, but I, I would look like a goon, and I, I don't want to diminish those that, that can rock said cowboy hats or have been on a horse like the Brady last forty Oatman. years. Pardon me.
5: Yeah, like Brady Oltman. Brady, so you can discuss cowboy hats. With,
3: with him we are going to get into cowboy hats in an hour with Brady. Uh, your reaction to the announcement? Nebraska's goal to, to fill up Memorial Stadium. And uh, the tribute that this is not only to title nine, but to John Cook.
5: Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the rumor has been kind of swirling for a while now. And uh, they, they were finally able to hammer out all the details and decide, yeah, m- let's go for it. Uh, um, and <laughs> like, like uh, John Cook said, like Trev Alberts is a competitor. And once they decided to go for this, like not shooting for uh, just breaking the record, they want to shatter this thing. And the fact that they think they can do that uh, and talking, selling out the the stadium and getting a bunch of people in here, just they know their fan base. They, they know what volleyball and this program means to, to people in this state. Um, and it'll be a great opportunity for, uh, obviously, we, we know 300-plus um, straight sellouts at the Devaney Center. It's really hard to get tickets to, to, to see them play in person. That's part of why John Cook um, takes their spring game out around the the Um, around the state to to smaller communities to give people out there chances to go see the team that maybe can't make it to Lincoln get get into the Devaney Center during the regular season so this will just be another opportunity to bring more people into the fan base to create an uh, experience for young fans for the players for just everybody involved um, for something that's going to be really really cool
0: Jacob in your opinion if you're ballparking right now, does Nebraska sell it out? Does Nebraska get 70,000 in there? What would your estimation be? You spend a lot of time down at the Devaney. You spend a lot of time around Husker volleyball. How many people do you think actually show up there? Does, does it matter who the concert is afterwards? These are all things we were discussing back in the first segment. We don't get your expert opinion.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think the, uh, you can certainly juice the numbers, some uh, depending on who the, the concert's going to end up being. Um, it, it's interesting. Aaron Sorensen asks like various people and got a, a whole range of like John Cook said he was just hoping for twenty five thousand, like when they first kind of pitched the idea and decided all right, let's do this. Um, but once uh Ted Carter challenged a fan base, let's sell this thing out, he's like, Okay, let, let's do that. Um uh Trev Albert said uh, he kind of um likes to be conservative and said forty five thousand, uh, I guess is his conservative number. <laughs> um, so it'll be really curious to see. I have I I really have no idea how to project this again because uh, we know how popular it is in in the state, but the, the, the attend, the the fan base that actually gets to attend the matches is capped at such a small number. Like, I mean, it's a huge number for everybody else in the country, but um, relatively relative to Memorial stadium, it's such a small number. So we don't really have a good feel for what the demand is going to be, but I know they're going to push this thing hard and fans certainly, uh, we know if there's one thing about Nebraska fans, you challenge them, they're going to respond. And Ted Carter right of thought, issued that challenge. Said, let's sell this thing out. Um, let, let's make this, uh, I think Trevor said, let's make it so nobody even attempts to, to, to try to, to top it, to, to, to match up with them. Um, so they're going to push, they're going to push hard for this thing. And it's up to the Nebraska fan base and not even just the Nebraska fan base like you. Uh, I'm sure there are other just volleyball fans in the area Obviously, some Omaha fans coming up from from down, down I eighty, um, from UNK, Wayne State. Uh, just again, maybe I think Lindsey Crafts even said maybe some people that just want to be part of a historical event to say that they were there when something like this happens. So I'll be curious to see kind of what the what the, the ticket sales look like. Uh, I think it's going to be a big number. I just have no idea how big at this point.
0: Jacob, from reading the tea leaves here, and I did some reading of the tea leaves yesterday, and I was correct, and I'm going to try to do it again here today. Whenever you look at the concert afterwards, and I know this is not the the number one story today, but I've been reading tea leaves here. Jason Derulo is opening a, a volleyball team professionally up in Omaha down the road here this fall. The timing seems to work out conveniently that, oh, maybe Jason Derulo could come down and get a little free publicity for his new volleyball team while doing a performance following the Husker volleyball match. Is that a stretch to think? Also, how does Jason Derulo move the needle for you? <laughs>
5: uh, I, I, there isn't really anybody that moves a needle for me. I'm just not not a big music person. Uh, I'll, I'll be working on my story during the concert. <laughs> um,
4: There's
6: so a true professional. Really Jacob's <laughs> like,
5: don't care. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> certainly would make some sense, like you said, just kind of piggyback the, the various things to, together. And Beck, <laughs> Beck Alec even mentioned, uh, derulo and kind of how cool it is and how it's just a sign of volleyball kind of expanding and the the attention the interest in the sport um just growing and growing having someone like him like posting about volleyball uh, on social media and stuff like that um i i would lean probably more towards maybe uh a country artist um just knowing the fan base and uh, i think there's going to be a uh, uh, pba is going to have a uh, country concert the the night before that's why they, they were originally looking at tuesday for this but mm-hmm. didn't want to go head head with that so they bumped it back to wednesday so i have no i don't have any insight into who it's actually going to be but that, that would be my guess is uh,
3: aaron sorenson going to reach out to her close personal friend taylor swift and, and, and <laughs> that would move the needle and make this thing
5: <laughs> yeah uh yeah if they get uh taylor swift in here they might need to uh yeah, I, I think that, that would be an instant sellout. No, I think I think they would need to expand <laughs> Memorial expand, stadium. Expand stadium. Yeah,
0: you do do some good. Yeah, yeah. Jacob Padilla is with us. You uh, know of Jason Derulo, the really fast, fun story here. My buddy was going through basic training this past fall, and Jason Derulo was doing a performance uh, nearby, and he came and stopped by the shooting range. and came like shotguns with my buddy on the shooting range while they're going through basic training. Just like one of those weird stories where he, he texts me on the weekend and goes, yeah, I met Jason Derulo this week at the shooting range. Like, what the hell are you talking yeah, about? It worked out well. But apparently Jason Derulo is a cool guy, so maybe if, if he's <laughs> the guy, That'd be pretty
3: cool. All right. Level of trust, Jacob, in Nebraska basketball in front of Minnesota.
5: <laughs> uh, it's not quite to the point where I have trust, um, <laughs> but uh, definitely feel a lot better now um, than because even, even heading up to Minneapolis, like uh, in the first game, it's like the rare game where you should win. Right. There weren't many of those, particularly uh, at that point in the season. And they didn't handle it super well. They nearly gave that game away, um, but they're playing at a, a much better level than they are now. And Minnesota's continued to struggle. They're they're healthier. I mean, they've got um, Battle and Dawson Garcia, the two best players, both um, should be in the lineup. Um, they've had both those guys together for a bit now. Um, but I, I think the the thing that does raise the trust level a little bit is that that, that maryland game that they won it with defense they, they got back to finding a way to um, be effective on that end of the floor ha- held maryland at 33 uh, percent shooting from the field um at, at, after the defense had kind of fallen fallen apart losing understandable losing your two best defenders and then suddenly having to change everything on the fly. Um, took them a while to kind of settle in and figure some things out. But um, the defense is playing better. Obviously, we know they played well offensively uh, over this last stretch. And now you're starting to see a team that can play well on both sides uh, of the the floor that raises um, that kind of margin for error, uh, expands it just a little bit for a team that we've talked about before. The margin is so so thin for this team with where the roster is right now. But um, we're starting to see them play better um, and starting to see the pieces fit together a little bit and help each other out. You're seeing multiple players have good games at the same time. Um, so, yeah, it's like, again, you, you can't ever chalk up a win with this program, but I do feel um, pretty solid. Like, I think they're going to handle this well. Um, I, don't, I don't think they're at a point where they're like, oh, they're kind of coasting on, resting on their laurels, and they, they want to finish this thing strong, especially with a guy like Sam Greasel there mm-hmm. kind of setting the tone.
0: Weird feeling, though, Jacob, though, right, that Nebraska is playing in a potential trap game tomorrow and they're not the trap team they're going up against a team that could trap them that's a weird feeling it's a it's a big disparity from what the 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 Husker basketball team has been over recent years
5: yeah and and uh, Fred Horbick said that preparation doesn't change Um, that's the message of the team we have to go into this the exact same way that we have when went on the road to Rutgers when welcomed uh, Maryland to town Um, you got to attack it the same way um, keep doing what has led to success, and again, I don't, uh, I don't think this is a team at, at this point in the year with everything they've been through that that would kind of like uh, take their foot off the gas at this point. Especially knowing with the senior group they've got, uh, obviously only two of them are playing now, but w- with uh, Derek Walker and Sam Griesland knowing they've got two home games left, um, I, I think you're going to see them definitely show up to play, and I think you'll see the the, the younger guys kind of follow along with that.
3: Jacob, a couple minutes here, and we're going to hold you for a couple of minutes on the other side to hit boys' districts. If if you can do that for us, Creighton basketball, though, uh, tough one against Marquette. Uh, Creighton back in action uh, tomorrow on the road at Villanova. Jays, though, man, they've really turned the switch. They're they're playing good ball. Tough one, though, that they're trying to bounce back from.
5: Yeah, um, I, I think it it does. On the one hand, it kind of hurts the kind of the long-term goals and setting up the resume it's that was a really big win that you had a chance at and just kind of let slip through your fingers on the other hand they, they played pretty poorly and had a look to to take the lead uh, at the very end of that game um trey alexander that three goes down feeling completely different about how uh um, th- what this team is doing right now so not playing great still finding ways to compete with the best teams in the league i think uh, Crane's at a point now where they play well. They can play with anybody in the country. It's just a matter of making sure you get those guys locked in. Got to get Baylor Shireman out of his slump in particular. Um, he's struggled the last few now. Um, still finding ways to impact the game, but with turnovers, with threes not falling, um, you, you got to get him playing back to the level that he was previously because that's kind of really when they, they hit their stride and were playing at, at their highest level with, with him playing super well. So that's kind of the, the, the priority for them now. Um, as we're in the stretch run here, um, but uh, yeah, I think that, that, that their postseason goals are all are still in front of them, even if they may have lost the, the chance at uh, conference title during the regular season. And it's a weird
0: feeling for Husker fans, probably wanting to root for Creighton to make that win. Uh, open the CHI look better for your own resume that you're now at the end of the season rooting for Creighton after all the animosity you've seen Get those
3: net rankings up man and we'll spend a few more minutes here as uh, Boys State around the corner Girls State kicks off, tips off next week and uh, we'll get uh, Jacob's take here on some uh, important district matchups, Uh, Omaha looking great, Lincoln's a banner year this year and uh, it, it may May not matter uh, just with what's got to be done this weekend and Monday. Uh, hang tight, Jacob Bedill is with us. It's Hail Varsity of Friday. We're presented by Currency.
0: Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hail Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all the premium content we produce at hail Just go to hail slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of hail varsity. That's hail slash subscribe promo code GBR.
4: And now, and now back to hail varsity radio.
3: Jacob Adela continues with us here. Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Jacob uh, posted up sixth floor Memorial Stadium after the uh, volleyball press conference today. Jacob, uh, game or two that interests you here in the districts for boys. Uh, loaded schedule for tomorrow night. I'll have southeast and north Platte. But I know the Metro's busy. I know some Lincoln teams are fighting to, to get into state here in the uh, near future.
5: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to get done uh, at PBA in time to sneak over to uh, Southeast for that game. Um, it'll be a tight squeeze, but going to give it a shot there with the 2:30 tip off uh, for Nebraska. I'm uh, the only one that I have a chance of making it to, but um, that, that, that'll be interesting. Uh, ha- obviously I have to wait uh, for the class B district final mm-hmm. pairings uh, because the uh, Seward uh, and York got pushed back to tonight. So those will be out tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Lincoln, um, having a great season, but a lot of two and three seeds, they're going to have to pull off some upsets, um, to, to, to get out of the the district round. Um, the Lincoln East is obviously the one, one seed Mm -hmm. and you've got Southwest as the two seed in that district. So you think at least one of those two will most likely make it out. But beyond that, you're looking at, uh, Pius having to upset both Kearney and Millard North as a three seed to make it. You're looking at Northeast is in the same district as Bell West, and we know how how, uh, tough Bell West has been for everybody. Uh, North Star, that'll be one I'm interested in. Obviously, Omaha Bryant is no pushover if they show up and and lock in. Um, And we know North Star has had some kind of uneven performances just based on shot selection and things like that. Um, But they've had a great season. And they were—they uh, took Gretna down to the wire. That's the one seed in that district. So we know those two can can play it tight. Uh, Gretna's going to have to earn uh, its trip to to state there, um, with North Star there um, uh, as a two in their district, and then Prep and Southeast uh, as a one and two in A four. We, we saw that uh, be a competitive game um, during the regular season. So um, yeah, a lot a lot, a lot of uh, intrigue heading into uh, these district rounds here, but. In order for Southeast or for Lincoln to keep this um, kind of fantastic season going, they're going to have to break through and pull off some upsets there. You know, and I
3: look at at Lincoln High, Millard South, and and Winter yep. presumably gets West Side, and a West Side get, hooks up with Burke, but and I don't have them in front of me, and and you're more locked in than than I am with some of the wild card. I mean, who's Who's the best shot to get a wild card out of the metro, and who's who's a good shot, if if at all possible, or is there any shot for a Lincoln team to get a wild card? Um, I
0: think yeah, Lincoln like, High yeah. is second, is, is, like because it goes one through seven in the district. Right, and then the yes. two seed in A seven yeah. is Papillion La Vista South, so I think they have the number one wild, uh, card. wild card spot, and then I think yep. it's Lincoln High after them, followed by is it Southwest? Chicago, yeah, that would be the next Southwest seed. And the,
5: the tough thing about that is the the results here uh, will could shift mm-hmm. some of those wild card points just based on how these games go. I believe it's it's so hard to predict because yeah, if a one but, seed yeah, loses, looking... then they're the number one wild card. Right. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, so it, it would um, be kind of a, a tough. I think be tough for a Lincoln team to to get a wild card at this point, but mm-hmm. um, yes, yeah, so Lincoln High I think would have the best shot in. Mm-hmm um you mentioned that that matchup has uh, north south they got will cooper back he's not 100 yet but it's good to see him out there after the suffering the knee injury um earlier in the season that have kept him out much of the year uh talented uh, junior there a really good shooter um, so that'll be an interesting kind of first round district matchup in there and Lincoln High gets through that contrast of styles there with the size and athleticism High can throw out against uh, a kind of guard heavy Omaha west side team and uh, we know West Side has played some of their best ball down the stretch here. With uh, mm-hmm. that went out in Grand Island, taking Bellevue West right to the edge uh, to, to overtime, having a chance to to win that thing at the end. Um, so that 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 could definitely be uh, another one that I forgot to mention. But that's um, it's going to be some some fun matchups for sure.
0: It's been a while since we've seen a Lincoln school in the state tournament. I believe the last one we saw in Class A was that Lincoln North Star team of twenty nineteen. So Pius too pa- wasn't Pius in Class B? Or were they in Class A at the time? They were in A. They were in A. Okay. Uh, but yeah, look at the, uh, the bounce back and forth. <laughs> I look at the A five okay. district. You have Lincoln East as the one seed. Lincoln Southwest is the two seed. And then to round out that district, you have Millard West and Omaha Westview. Do you think there's a good chance of a Lincoln school making it out of that district into the state tournament uh, I guess my question to you is what do you make of Millard West being the three seed there how dangerous are they
5: yeah um Millard West is a team they, they've they've made teams earn it against them they, they've played a lot of teams close uh, just haven't had enough to kind of get over the top uh, and win those games so it's certainly not going to be easy for Southwest by by any stretch but I, I would definitely favor east and southwest in that district pretty heavily to kind of match up in the district final um and um i mean we it's hard to uh, predict any time one lincoln team matches up with another because mm-hmm. it's been crazy all season long everybody <laughs> has beaten everybody um as evidenced by i mean east far and away the best record uh the, the one number one seed and southeast won the the city title Mm -hmm. with one of the worst overall records of the the lincoln schools um so i mean that's i i feel like east at its best um would be favored in that game just because i think they're more reliable than southwest at this point southwest has shown what they're capable of but they're still sitting here at 14 and 9 um east has had uh a few really rough outings, including at Papua South to kind of close out the regular season there. Um, But they've been pretty reliable. Most of the season got really good guard play. Uh, They play really well together. Um, So I I feel like East definitely has a a great shot to, uh, to get out of that district. But again, Lincoln versus Lincoln, you never know how that's going to turn out.
3: Jacob Padilla, find him on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore read him with hail com and magazine. And, He'll be all over the prep coverage and, uh, of course, all things Nebraska basketball. Jacob, always love catching up with you on Friday to talk some hoops and volleyball today. Thanks for making time, as always, man. Thanks for having me, guys. See you, bud. There he is, Jacob Bedillo. He's going to go back to hammering away uh, great coverage with Hale Varsity. Of course, Jacob and Aaron Sorensen, Brady Oltman's, uh Drake, uh, Keeler, and just a great crew with Hale Varsity. Russell Wilson. <laughs> Oh God! We have to go here. <laughs> well, we got two minutes here and a few minutes here before the top of the hour. We ha- dude. Are you confident, even with Sean Payton there, that it can get righted
0: with him? Confident is a, is one way to put it. It's not how I would put my own. Feelings. I said, uh, can you
3: be confident? I mean, Sean's going to come better. in. I can Sean, feel better. Right, because he's a he's an established coach. This story that the Athletic did, they talked to. Over 15 former or current players, staff, coaches, and they laid out a kid in a candy store. Denver, new owner, lots of excitement, first-time head coach, and Russ had too much influence, tried to use his muscles and get Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired in Seattle. And then he's like, you know, I'm just going to waive my no trade. Let's go to Denver. And you just had too many cooks in the kitchen. You had his private quarterback coach. He had his own office. You had guys... Who do I
0: listen to? Well, his private quarterback's coach had his own office. Sean Payton got asked about that after the press conference. He said, yeah, that's not going to happen while I'm here. He tried this marriage of the Seattle
3: and Green Bay offense, and it it didn't happen. And and Russ, like, he wanted to be a coach on the field with it. We'll have more on this story. But just an awful situation. He's even calling guys in on the day off. That's a no-no.
1: And now. and
4: now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well,
3: the vaunted tug-of-war with Matt Rule and the football team. A little different tug-of-war at Nebraska than was going on in Seattle and Denver. Uh, we'll hear from Bill Dolman in 10 minutes. We'll check in with Brady Holtman's on the way. But... <sighs> The, the word in Seattle, and you could chalk it up to jealousy. You had the Legion of Boom. You had Richard Sherman. You had Bam Bam Cam. You had all those dudes. And Seattle won with that defense. Russell was a nice draft pick. They had a stellar offensive line and run game with, with Lynch, beast mode. And they were incredible. I mean, it was them or San Fran. They got to a Super Bowl, won. They got to a second Super Bowl, through a pick. And then it just kind of went downhill. Then Seattle chose to pay Russ after his rookie contract. They did not pay the defense. The defense slowly went elsewhere or retired. And then the guy has the gall to try and remove Pete Carroll and the GM because Uh, He saw them as a major league roadblock to him getting another championship. He's driven to be in that same breath as multiple championship quarterbacks. So he found a landing spot with a rookie coach. He could walk all over that allowed it with his people, his personnel. And you had a a blow up in the locker room after week five. You had uh, toxicity. And from day one, and it's even... More and more is coming out with Marshawn Lynch where (laughs) go to war with you, man, and I got to call your people to schedule a sit-down with you. He's just – Russ has got this crafted image. Russ has got this PR team. Russ has got this incredible skill. He is a really talented quarterback. But uh, there's, there's an alter ego, man. And guys in Seattle saw through it. You bet on the quarterback, totally get it, and now Denver's got to pick up the pieces. You've learned a hard lesson is new ownership, Sean Payton to the rescue.
0: He'll say, let's ride, and maybe he can fix it. Well, it's interesting. The rumors are out there, and Russell Wilson took to Twitter yesterday to, to, to deny these allegations, saying that he, Pete's wanted, a he wanted Pete Pete's Carroll Pizza father. But he said, uh, the, the rumors are out there at the time, that Russell Wilson wanted uh, Sean Payton in Seattle. To, uh, to, re- to replace Pete Carroll, he goes off to Denver, and then before the Broncos' debacle against the Rams on Christmas Day, text—one w- of the worst Christmases of my life—trying to watch that thing. A text from Latavius Murray to Sean Payton said, "Hey, me and my backfield teammates want you in Denver next year before the Rams game." Who's which, this? Which I think number three. Yes, Latavius <laughs> Murray says number three. Russell Wilson wants you in Denver. So, uh, yeah. Nathaniel Hackett lost that Broncos locker room before the the Rams debacle, which makes sense. Forty-one to fourteen against a four and ten team is uh, one of the most embarrassing losses in Broncos history. It's not a surprise he lost the locker room. Doesn't make me feel any better about that. But maybe an adult in the room can come and, and settle things down in Denver doesn't sound like the team blames Russell Wilson for the struggles last year based on what some of these guys are saying. Saying, hey, it wasn't He's trying to be a leader. His heart was in the right place. Yeah, It wasn't his leadership. It wasn't him. It was the fact that they were trying to meld two offenses together that didn't quite work together and there was just a lot of offense that they were trying to to install and get in place and it it never quite came together and as one person put it, too many cooks in the kitchen.
3: You you just, you gotta know your limitations, said uh, Clint Eastwood at one point in his career. Right? And Your job's to go execute what the coaches call. You're not calling a play to make you great. What's your motive? Hour 2's on the way. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years, FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the working environment. It's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. Hour two, it's back with you, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. and um, check out Currency for sure for all your uh, equipment financing needs, go Currency. Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, and the professor Bill Dolman in his office. Someday we are going to see a tweed jacket with patches on the elbows, uh, but but not today. Uh, Billy D, good to spend time with you, how are you?
4: I'm doing well. I am uh, hunkered down in a nice, warm office, uh, courtesy of the University of Nebraska, so I don't have to jack up my heated home, and I can save a little money on my energy bill. That's the way
3: what, to go. Whatever works, uh, and good <laughs> on you. I, I won't ask your um, in-office temperature. But, well, but Shaggy's probably at home freezing his tail off.
4: No, nah, he does whatever he wants to do. He's
3: good. He's okay. on the he's on the couch right now, uh, rocking Netflix. Uh, that's what Shags yeah, is doing. Right. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh So, Bill, uh, question uh, for you: We'll get this out of the way first. You got to you got to pick uh, the greatest ever, all sports, when it comes to Nebraska, and you are picking who coaching specific coaching. I was getting there, but coaching the best
4: coaches in Nebraska history
3: doesn't matter the sport.
4: Uh, uh, well, I, th- I think you probably have to put Bill Straub right there at the top of the list. I mean, the guy Ooh. won 10 national championships and made a living in bowling. I mean, that's pretty good, right? Tennis coaches, golf coaches, bowling coaches, and you begin living at it? That's pretty good, right? It's a great point. Uh, you know, great coaches hire good coaches and make them great coaches. Uh, you know, you have to. You know, you have to put Devaney up there, because without him, none of this really exists. Right. You know, uh, if you want to get into the X's and O's and the motivational, you know, you, you know, Tom has to be there, obviously. But without Devaney coming here and believing in what Nebraska could be, uh, and not just as a football coach, but when he took over as athletic director. There's, there's no question that Devaney's importance to the the state of Nebraska is, <laughs> is almost in, incalculable, and then to develop Tom Osborne as a coach, and allow Tom to grow into that role over what ten years, and you know Tom became the Tom became the offensive coordinator for Bob, you know right at a time when, you know, Bob was having a couple of down years and, you know, through Tom's offense, Nebraska wins a couple of national titles. And then it was time for, you know, Bob to step aside and take over the AD job. And and Tom goes, I, you know, I, I, I suppose, you know, it, Tom has to be, it has to be there because he was there for all of it, right? Hmm. Devaney took over 60 years ago this month. Oh, wow. Started in January, but not official until February of 62. So 60 years ago. 61 years ago this month, you know, Devaney came to Nebraska, hired Tom shortly thereafter. As an athletic director, I think Bob Devaney is one of the greatest athletic directors in the history of collegiate athletics and will never, ever get that due. But I firmly believe that. When you look at who all he hired and all the sports that he hired, and then you have to throw in Terry Pettit. And Terry Pettit has to be up there. And, you know, I love John Cook, and there's no better, you know, coach right now in the contemporary sense than John Cook maybe at any sport anywhere right now in the country, uh, despite the fact that he's north of 60. But Terry Pettit, when he got hired in 77 by Bob Devaney to get this program off the ground, had enough vision to come from, what was it, you know, someplace in Indiana and thinking, well, let's give this a shot. He sold the program, built the program, and did it by, you know, finding local regional great athletes track and field basketball multi-sport athletes and did not care that you had to go to california to get him he he built it here and nebraska is the greatest volleyball program in the world um, thanks to terry pettit who hired a kid named john cook developed him into a great coach who went on to develop a final four national championship caliber program in Wisconsin. And I still think this is the most unbelievable, I can't say unbelievable because it happened amazing things to, to hire John cook back from a national championship caliber program that he built to come back to Nebraska as an assistant coach. I mean, that to me, is just absolutely amazing and mind boggling. And I don't think people really fully comprehend how, how that is? He, he John Cook built Wisconsin and laid the foundation for what they're doing today, but he left it behind to become an assistant coach to Terry Pettit. So uh, you know, I love John, but I, I think because of what Terry Pettit built and his vision for what it could be, and when it was time for him to step down and to convince John to come back, I put Terry Pettit ahead of John Cook in that regard. What a and world then Francis Allen. Of- Come on, Francis Allen, eight national championships, seven times a runner-up. That's an amazing record, too. And and he was so good, the NCAA killed his sport. Jeez.
0: What a a well-thought-out, comprehensive answer there from Bill. We put him on the spot with that, and he came ready.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, Bill Bill had a take on it. And similar, (laughs) you got to go Bob because Nebraska is Nebraska because of Devaney. And you you, you hired incredible guys to not only maintain, but in some instances exceed what you've done from a championship standpoint. But no, that that, that list is money. Uh, Who is better at their Joe Pesci impersonation uh, in the desert in casino? Danny Nee or Bob Devaney when it came to the art of swearing?
4: Oh, well... I think I think Danny, knee is is one, two, three, and four. Maybe Devanny cracks the top five, but I don't. I think Bob was much more artful with it. I don't be, remember Bob, you know, being much more than a, you know uh, an Irish swear. Okay, uh, Danny, you know Danny Streets of New York. Come on, um, <laughs> only Frank Martin has topped him in any practice that I ever heard, and you know, and Danny was, you know a second language that somehow melded together with english and mm-hmm. it was you know really kind of an art form
0: well, well and, and that, that reminds me of what we heard from the I'll late tell you, it was mike bad at it, and that's
4: tom Osborne.
0: well yeah, that's a great point but mike leach said there is an art to it there's some people just have it the way it's able to flow off the the, the tip yeah. of the tongue and, and sound good and sound fitting that that's yeah. another great answer from bill dolman he's bringing it today so yeah.
3: reaction to to today's presser and this uh achievement that will happen in August with the sellout streak finding its way and continuing in Nebraska, but setting the, the sellout record for Nebraska uh, in volleyball. Uh, this is really, really pretty awesome. And I look at it not only as a as a nod, but also a, a big-time tribute to Coach Cook. I mean, this is really this is fantastic. I don't know what, what his timeline is, but between what, what they wanted to do last year, and what they have in the cupboard, and then kicking it off with this. I mean, that's got to fire them up for another season.
4: Yeah. It is a tribute to John Cook, no question. But I, I got to go back to Terry Pettit, though. Mm-hmm. You know, Terry had the had the vision to sell volleyball to the state of Nebraska and give, you know, coaches who probably didn't know the sport all that well. Maybe Steve Morgan out of Ogallala did. But, um, you know, the folks at Papillion and Lincoln Northeast that had some great teams. Um, but he went around and said, I need your help to do this. And by doing that created the interest in those, in those small towns to get girls to come out to play the sport that really wasn't established yet in the late 1970s and then going to Nebraska ETV and saying, you know, put this product on, I guarantee you you'll have a good show. So, yeah, what John Cook has done over the last two decades, yeah, this is a tribute to that, but without Terry Pettit going around the state and saying, I, I need you to buy in with me here and let's do this together and... What you'll see, you know, whether I'm I'm amused by, well, what what music act are they going to have to fill the stadium? The question is, what music act is going to benefit from the fact that there will be 40 or 50,000 or more people at a stadium to watch a volleyball match? And oh, by the way, we'll stick around. Okay, Garth Brooks can sell it out. Maybe the Swifties could sell it out, but people are gonna go because it's Nebraska volleyball and this is a call to arms. And without Terry going around the state and getting those those athletic programs to buy in and sell it to those kids that this could be you. Not it's not just a boy state for football, but girls are gonna have an opportunity to compete at the highest level. And it's not just volleyball, but basketball and track and field. And don't you know, forget to throw Gary Pepin into that conversation. But I think this is a testament to Terry Pettit's vision of what volleyball could be in this small state in the center of the country. That it's not just for California and Texas, you know. And and you will have a lot of club teams. They'll sell tickets to club teams. It all it'll be reasonable. So you will see uh, a. a tens of thousands of people so congratulations john cook deserves everything that comes his way and i don't think he he'll forget you know where this all began it's what attracted him from san diego so many years ago bill
0: what do you think about volleyball resounds so much with the state of nebraska it's not just lincoln and omaha not just the metro areas this goes as far as the nebraska panhandle that the love of volleyball extends to so what do you think about volleyball is just so special to the state of Nebraska. It's more than just the fact that you have a winning team. There's been a lot of winning teams in Nebraska, but there's something about volleyball that seems to just stick with Nebraskans. Well, what do you think that is?
4: I I think that when people, it's what we talk about with football and any other Nebraska sport, you know, Nebraska people can identify when you are giving the best effort, when you're working hard and you are competing hard. And volleyball is one of my favorite sports to call. It was my niche into the broadcasting business, but it is graceful. It is athletic. It is intense. It is dramatic. And when people watch young girls, high school girls, and women at the university of Nebraska play, they're watching, you know, pure uh, all out effort. And I think that those athletes give that effort a from within themselves to succeed, but also because they, there's a genuine appreciation for the appreciation that fans have for that kind of effort. Nebraska people love hardworking, honest folks. And I think when you watch women's volleyball, you're getting a, a hardworking athletes who are giving an honest effort, and they can appreciate that. It's pretty simple, I think. And they're successful.
3: Bill Dolman's with us. at Hale Varsity Radio at Bill Dolman's, where you find him on Twitter talking a lot of volleyball and the press conference today. Bill, going to switch gears up and uh, discuss Russell Wilson, your stomping grounds, Denver. We bring that up to go volleyball and uh, now to the NFL. You, you have your ear in Denver. Uh, what, what a mess uh, year one was, clearly on the field. But uh, the uh, behind-the-curtain story, at least from The Athletic and parts of ESPN.com, paint uh, a really tough picture. Did we lose Bill? I see no, Bill. You
0: lost me. That, the problem was you lost me, and uh, Bill probably missed the second half of that question. Okay. Russell Wilson, can it get fixed?
3: Can he be coachable?
4: Well, 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 first of all, Elijah gets on the promos, and now we're starting to have some problems. So, okay, whatever. <laughs> all of a sudden, new radio station. Elijah's in the promos. Now he can start to slack off. Okay. <laughs> uh, look... <laughs> You know, I, 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 I'm i somewhat thankful that I'm no longer around the drama of Denver in, in that regard, but I do have folks out there that, that still communicate every now and then, and I do follow a few things. Last year was just a total disaster. I don't put that necessarily on Russell Wilson, although people think he's kind of flaky. But I just think that there was such dysfunction in the way that – in who they brought in with Nathaniel Hackett. They should have gone with the Dallas defensive coordinator. That would have been the the better hire. Um he was not prepared for that job. Wilson was not prepared. They didn't have the team around him for him to succeed. He was terrible, but I think it just was bad to, to start and it got worse. I think everybody just lost confidence. And now, and I don't know why Russell Wilson has all of a sudden become the NFL punching bag. But now now the talk about fake. him in Seattle, that he was trying to get Pete Carroll and Gary Schneider, you know, fired, all of a sudden Wilson is like the, is the new Tim Tebow target. And, and I don't quite understand why that is, other than the fact he was terrible last year in Denver, but Denver was terrible last year, evidenced by the fact you fired a coach with four games left to go in the season. So I, think the, I don't think you can put Denver's, all of their problems on what Wilson did last year. And now he's got the coach that if he didn't want him fired in Seattle, he's got the coach that apparently he wanted there in Sean Payton. And now he's got a new uh, quarterback coach in Davis Webb, who they signed away from, what the 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 Giants' active roster to become the quarterback coach with the Broncos? He played last year. That's
0: crazy. Uh
4: huh. Yeah. Yeah. He started the last
0: game of the season. Yep.
3: Yep. Well, Davis Webb, here's your office. Yeah.
0: It used to be Russ's. And we talk about Garrett <laughs> McGuire being young. This guy is coaching a quarterback who is five years older than him. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Well, let's we'll see if he's coachable. Well, good thing Russ has got his private quarterbacks coach anyway to handle all that <laughs> yeah, at, at a distance.
3: <laughs> right. At a distance now, Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, and of course the Professor Billy D. will uh, will bump into you here down the road. A lot of things coming up here, spring football around the corner, uh, recruiting, of course, I your favorite, and uh, yes, for sure, uh, state basketball here gets rolling next week. And Sparty comes to town. We'll see how Nebraska handles Minnesota tomorrow.
4: And dinner at Rosie's, right?
3: Yes, dinner at Rosie's. Uh, we will <laughs> have a Bill Dolman sighting and a uh, empty can of Guinness and a full glass of Guinness at uh, at Rosie's.
4: All right, and after that, after that uh, dropout earlier in the segment, I'm going to go check on Elijah's uh, degree to see if that was actually signed. Oh, wow. And maybe he's got to come back to class. I'll
0: send you a picture tonight. It's it's still in my room. I haven't hung it up or anything. I don't care enough. Mine's in a box. I was going to say, mine's just sitting, like, I think on a desk somewhere in my room. Uh Bill, appreciate you. Signed in crayon. Thank
3: you, sir. See you, boys. University of American Samoa, Elijah. Is that what we're thinking? Totally, yeah. Brady Altman's on the way with Hale Varsity. worked hard for that degree. GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR.
4: And now, and now back to Hail
3: Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, Hail Varsity Radio, with you on a Friday, tomorrow weekend edition at 7 a.m. We welcome in Brady Altman's, HailVarsity.com and magazine at Brady Altman's on Twitter. He is hunkered down. we got to talk cowboy hats before we dive into uh, recruiting uh, overtures but, by the SEC.
0: But before we get there, we also have to note that Brady's captives have moved him to a different room, a much
6: cushier yeah, this type. Is, this is the yeah. second
3: week in a row he's, he's he's allowed to see what a
6: kitchen looks like. <laughs> hey, look, now we got some sunlight coming in. That's you know, right, that's a little, it's a little vitamin D factor. Exactly, exactly. So you got to move as the the sunlight allows you to move.
3: No, I I love it. Uh, Cowboy hats, we asked Jacob if he would wear a cowboy hat. He said, no, I am not tough nor cool enough to uh, kick dirt on rip from Yellowstone
0: and and try and wear a cowboy hat. I've worn one in my life. It was for a college semi-formal type thing. I look stupid. Did you have the bolo tie? No, I didn't. I had like a, 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 a plaid flannel shirt on with a cowboy hat and a gold chain. I looked like an idiot. Dude.
3: <laughs> Brady, do, do the cowboys rock gold chains? Um, not, not outwardly. No. no, right? <laughs> no. No. It's like, no, not typically. <laughs> Love it. So, okay, we got to run it down. We got to talk cowboy hats for two seconds. Uh. Barrett Rude, I think, was a cowboy boot enthusiast. Uh, my dad, rest his soul, went on a cowboy kick and had some sort of black leather <sighs> schmock he wore, but didn't didn't rock that long. But thought it looked cool at the time. <laughs> he still laugh about that. Um, so cowboy hats. Uh, Governor Pillen handed one off. Cowboy John, as he's known today, what brand did he get? And if a guy's going to go get a cowboy hat, what do you what do you fork the money over? I mean, what what are we talking here? What's the range?
6: I didn't I didn't look exactly at which one got handed over to Cowboy John, um, but I can tell you <laughs> uh, I can tell you right now it's it it varies um, depends on what you're looking for. I myself. Uh, my go-to one right now is an Atwood, uh, and I think that cost me somewhere $45, $50, cool. um, and that's a good um, straw. If you want to go like a felt a little bit more for a winterized one, that might run you up $60, $60 $70 to get a really good one. I mean, if you're going to pay more, quality is going to be a little bit improved, mm-hmm. but um, Justin, Atwood, um, even Stetson, those, those are the go-tos if you're looking to get a good one.
3: What a, what what can they exceed? What do they top out at?
6: Oh man, you somebody somewhere is probably making money off of a couple of grands for a cowboy hat. Okay. You 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 can even get one. Go into the store. If, um, like the if the fort were still open without mm-hmm. the fire damage, I'm sure they got a couple for, for probably two hundred or so mm-hmm. dollars that you can get off the off the wall.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's so, that's out there. I I met a guy down in Mississippi. Who had a pair of like thousand dollar cowboy boots he's like yeah i made three different payments on these cowboy boots they're they're australian like snake skin or something like that i'm like dude what a, i'm not sure that's a waste maybe i gotta ask brady but that was like one of the things i went like that's craziness i didn't realize that cowboy boots and cowboy hats cost you that much money. Do, you, do you do you splurge on the boots or the hat
6: uh, I myself, I'll splurge on the boots. I mean, boots are going to run you a little bit more, but you tend to to wear boots a little bit better. Um, you get a good pair of boots. The original insoles will last you probably about eighteen, twenty months, and then you get a new pair of insoles in there. Um, I myself am actually kind of in the market um, before football season gets going. I'll Nil a for pair. Brady here. Yeah, yeah. So somebody is look who's looking to endorse, Brady Oldman's I... brought
0: to you by Justin Boots. <laughs>
6: Hey, look! If if they're offering, I'm looking. You well, know, we'll, I mean,
0: we'll just make a phone call. See, we got a whole bunch of <laughs> listeners in like central Nebraska that are probably going like these idiots don't know anything about no, cowboy Br- Brady, boots and Brady cowboy hats. Like, thank Bra- God we got Brady. Yeah. I feel like like I have know nothing. I saw one video come across my uh, my Instagram feed that was like here's what cowboy hats you wear based on the time of year, and here's etiquette with cowboy hats. And I go, I knew none of this. I didn't know there was a specific way you are supposed to tip your cap at a lady or versus tip your cap at a man or taking your hat off when you get indoors and you can wear these colors in the spring. I was like, I had no idea. Mm. I thought you just picked your favorite cowboy hat and threw it on. Well, can we,
3: can we get you to do a, uh, next week's hit with, with your cowboy hat on?
6: I'll I'll write that down. I'll try to remember that. <laughs> I'm not I'm
3: not like being an a hole here. I'm I'm I just want to see you rocking the cowboy hat. It's a, you know, it's all good. No,
6: I I started wearing it to uh, you know on assignment and to games and everything like that last year. So um, it kind of it just it comes with the territory now. Of course, when you're covering rodeo and doing stuff out in Wyoming and coming from small town Nebraska, it just tends to follow you anyway.
3: No, I love it. No, it's all good. Let's talk uh, Ainsworth, Carter, Nelson, Georgia. Old Miss, who else? A and M. I mean, a, a boatload of post Bama offers that started this week. Give me a, uh, a, a scale measurement here. Where are the scales at Nebraska and everybody else, or is Nebraska on their own scale right now?
6: Well, it's it's tough to really judge because he and his family and his coaches are are they're pretty good at keeping it close to the vest. I think he's kind of looking around. The this part of the thing is. Nebraska got in fairly early with him, and I think that he even felt the love from the previous coaching staff. And this new coaching staff has done a really good job of making sure that he knows that he is a priority for them. You've also got um, Penn State, uh, Penn State, Kansas State were in early on him, or relatively early, I guess. Notre Dame State
3: first, State. right?
6: And Notre Dame was in there. So those ones stand out. Um, kids remember, you know, the, the schools that are earlier on them. You know, it, it still means something to them if you believe in them early. But um, I, I'd, I'd say Alabama and Georgia are are certainly in the runnings for it. They've He's got a surplus of offers, so I don't know if he's going to be able to make every visit to every campus. But he's going to be looking around. I don't know timeline-wise what he's looking like, um, but most kids of his caliber want to have uh, at least a short list by the start of the football season. So it, it's just going to be a busy spring and busy summer for him.
3: His... Athleticism's just fantastic. You got the basketball skills. You've got the football physicality, and is he a guy? And I think right now, watching film, he's so good at that flex spot. I know they they love studying tight ends. I know that you know Kelsey's his dude, Um, and I don't see Kelsey on the end line that often. He's flexed out. Is Is it a situation where he's going to be like flex only at college, or do you think you could see him end line uh, just because Nebraska presumably wants to use more two tight end sets down the road?
6: Uh, I could see him really doing either. I mean, he's he's an athletic kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got good build. You get him in a college regimen. He can really put on weight and he's got the frame to support it. Uh, he's He's an, a really capable blocker. he's really good at being physical. he gets involved, but he's also explosive. I mean you got a guy who can stick a block for 25 30 yards and can dunk. I mean he's, he's got pretty much the total package that you're looking for. He's also a capable track athlete. I mean he he can sprint. He can jump. He can throw. I think I can't remember what his last discus was, but I mean, it almost d- doubled my best discus throws from back in the day, which isn't saying much, but it's, uh, you At least know, you
3: I have a discus it. from back in the day.
6: Yeah, well, you know, it was a China plate that I wasn't supposed to be outside. With, but, <laughs> here we go. Um, but it's I mean, he, he he could stick a block on an end if they wanted him to or if they wanted to, you know, have him. A steady set of hands on a third down situation they can trust him to do that too this this coaching staff likes his athleticism and they want to get him in and see what they can do with him from there i
0: hesitate to make the same joke twice in a week but uh could you see him being the next great center at nebraska
6: wow <laughs> i mean it that one might take a couple more years to do but uh this it's can, been done what what is it the um this coaching staff is telling recruits they're kind of or generally saying recruits, hey, you have offensive linemen and you have quarterbacks, and then there's the rest of them. You know, we can mold <laughs> you and make you into anything else. So um I don't, I, nothing's off the table right now. So that, that's the that's
0: the direct quote. Like what these coaches are telling these recruits is is just because you're a wide receiver now doesn't mean you're going to be like we can make you into anything. So we, I mean, I'm not saying realistically here, what, but like, what do you like
3: to do, son? <laughs> you know.
6: Up. I've I've talked to a couple of recruits and they've the thing that they have been told was kind of like hey if you're a quarterback now you're probably going to be expected to be a quarterback if you're a lineman they'll kind of you know think of you as a lineman but if you're a running back ru- receiver tight end or anything like that they'll they're not going to handcuff you to that position. They'll say, well, we'll get you in, see where you're comfy, see if that's your situation. Or when we see you live and in workouts, maybe there's a position where you can, you know, utilize your skill set a little better. Hmm.
3: Scott, uh, listener uh, chiming in here with our cowboy hat discussion, uh, weighing in uh, about 150. Uh, You know, no real working cowboy would be caught in a a, a few... (laughs) $50 hat. I should have pre-read that. Sorry, Brady. Um well,
6: you uh, uh I was on a budget, you know what I mean? Yeah,
3: that's it. And uh Scott was out in the sand hills for uh, about 3 3 decades, so good there. But no, exactly. Uh you, you go with what you can afford. I love it.
6: No and that's a good brand. I mean Scott's Scott's dead on. You got to resist all. It's uh that's solid and that's going to last you a while. What? I just realized out loud. What resist all it resist
0: all. It's spelled differently, but I just tied it together. Me? Resist all it's like ray band. It's one of those things that you don't think about because you just <laughs> hear the name so much. I just tie it together. Resist all. Ding oh. ding ding ding. I love it.
3: That's oh, good.
6: Wow. Um. <laughs> Man, man, you're really working for that degree today, Elijah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just, just keep hammering. Another low blow. <laughs> just keep hammering. Uh, Brady, what's uh, keeping you busy here this weekend? What are you focused on here? I know you're tracking recruits and keeping an ear for spring ball around the corner as well.
6: Uh, well, just wrapping up the last positional resets for the magazine, anybody who's interested, we kind of give a look at how things are going for the spring, um, helped out with the volleyball announcement today, I might have a little bit more clue in there, and then following up on the last uh, assistant coaches we heard from this week, so we're about a month out from spring ball, but that doesn't mean my job slows down any.
0: No, Brady, if you're picking the artist for the concert following the volleyball match, who is Brady Oatman's booking?
6: Oh, man. Well, logically, Zach Bryan is actually playing Pinnacle Bank Arena the night before, and I thought that would be a good one. Um, I I looked into that.
0: Unfortunately, he's playing Kansas City that night on the 30th, so...
6: Well, and the Chicks are playing Omaha that same night, too. So um, I don't know. I polled people at the stadium, and Bruce Springsteen was the overwhelming favorite. And, and I, I asked the athletic department, and they I got a laugh, and then they walked away from me. So I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen.
3: <laughs> Dolman was just hanging out. Or I should rephrase. Bruce was just hanging out with Dolman last weekend.
6: <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't caught up with him about that.
3: Dolman, but, um, Dolman probably planted the seed. You know, if you're not busy, Bruce... Uh, Guns and Roses is kicking off a, a tour.
6: Well, I, I mean, I'm really fascinated to see who it is. I mean, are they going to kind of go a festival-style thing and make it a little? It's Taylor Swift.
3: Gonna- Aaron is going to make the call. It's going to be Taylor Swift.
6: If we can make that happen, I'll, I might have to change my flight to Minneapolis the day after.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Brady Altman's find him on Twitter at Brady Altman's. Read him, hailvarsity.com and magazine. Package it all. Get the digital and the magazine. Hailvarsity.com backslash offer. Brady, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for jumping on, man.
6: Yeah, Good to see you guys.
3: There he is. Brady Altman's with us here. Hail Varsity continues, presented by Currency
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
4: And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
3: Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency and open phones here till 6, weekend edition tomorrow at 7 a.m. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. You want to join the fray? We talked all right, greatest coach ever across all sports in Nebraska. Bill Dolman had a, uh, just a take on that. Uh, good stuff from him. Brady Altman's great stuff uh, with Carter Nelson. Uh, tight end as his recruitment intensifies. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play for the podcast. You can catch the video as well on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. And uh, find it there. And uh, segments you want to hear, or the whole show, there for you. A reminder to get buckled up using your seatbelt. It saves lives, prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up, a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety
0: Office. And uh, I would also like to note here, my my dad wanted to chime in. He sent me a text. Uh, He he puts Francis Allen's name into the ring as uh, greatest Husker coach of all time. 40 years as Nebraska's uh, gymnastics coach, uh, was the Olympic uh, coach for the uh, the United States a couple times, 1980, 1992. Another great candidate for greatest coach uh, in Nebraska history. No,
3: and there's been so many elite-level coaches come through Nebraska, uh, I've got to go back to what I started the show with, and it was Bob, because of what this is, and you could argue a lot of the other programs have been able to to, to happen and grow because of of what Bob did for football, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so pretty uh, pretty celebratory day in Nebraska with uh, the announcement earlier. I started the show off there with some reaction. And a really cool tribute to this volleyball program, this state, and, of course, Coach Cook. Uh, a program that was was once great and is trying to get back there is Florida State. Mm. Why am I going to Florida State? They're AD chirping about the, the ACC. Florida State's one of those banner programs, and they've not been in the ACC that long. I think they joined... I got to go back. I think they joined in in like 92.
0: July 1st, 1991. Thank you, Google.
3: Yeah, so it was close. And, uh, you know, time will tell if it's just Clemson and everybody else in the ACC for a playoff spot or can there be a a two-horse race for multiple teams. But first things first, revenue's got to change in the ACC, the revenue gra- gap that is a reality with the SEC and with the Big Ten, uh, that's key. We had news earlier in the week about Apple, and that's where the Pac-12 may be, I don't want to say banished, but you've had major networks, hey, we're going to pass right now on, on re-upping with rights fees because, all right, you lost both L.A. schools Washington and Oregon are damn good football programs, but there's just not the the eyeballs in those two respective states that will move the needle. I mean, if they're a good football program, yeah, you'll see them, but as far as watching Pac-12, it's fun. I love watching Pac-12 after dark back in the day, and even you get home from doing a ball game, you'll have a, a kickoff at 9 p.m. So I, I just wonder with the Pac-12 if that door is open for – Further expansion for those that have some clout to get out, I mean it's going to come down to revenue sharing, and what is what's the reality with the big ten do you do you add more? Does it make sense to add more? Do you water down what each what each university is going to get by adding more mouths to feed right now you would, but do you want to pass up the possibility of more teams? in the playoff. You've already gone westward expansion. Oregon and Washington would be nice to get. Notre Dame would be solid to get. And and then you, you round out it at eighteen or twenty and you've got to make a mega deal. Uh, Florida State right now is chirping because listen, who's to say they don't or haven't been looking to go to the SEC? I mean they've already got to play Florida. They already play Miami. They already had battle for the state of Florida. Uh, And, you know, 15, not even 15 years ago, but 20 years ago, that was a a, a thing. (laughs) Okay, so uh, this is one AD, but he's not the only AD. And you have two conferences right now uh, in the Pac-12 and in the ACC. The ACC's been in good position. They've won championships. They dethroned Alabama with their... Uh, League-leading member Clemson, where are they at as far as a bounce back? They're 21-6 and in their last two seasons. So if Clemson comes back to earth a little bit after losing two assistants, or coordinators, I should say, who's ready to step up and be an option? Notre Dame, again, dates in the ACC, uh, but they don't have to jack with the the conference title game, and they're still going to be part of it, assuming they're up to – to, to Coach Kelly Year's par of being a playoff team. I don't know, man. Um, that's one thing that I think there was disagreement on with Warren and some of the chancellors and presidents and ADs about adding more. It's already going to be kind of screwy with this foreseeable schedule, the three six six, and then you still want to have a non-conference showdown, a couple of teams to get Ws, and then who do you test yourself against that may all reshape and change too with your strength of schedule in league. If you've got Ohio State and Penn State on the docket, Michigan State's good. You've got UCLA or or USC. You know, what, what's the Big Twelve do? Who do they add if the Pac twelve starts spinning out of control? I'm curious about it though, but this time of year, um, you know, it's a it's a late February. Shot from a, a pretty prestigious, not not old guard ACC member, but it's the one that carried the water and the weight for years under Bobby Bowden for a long time. They they won some championships. They won both their championships as members of the ACC.
0: Well, it's it's just a case of everyone who's not in the SEC or the Big Ten feeling the pressure. It's what we talked about whenever uh, SEC wouldn't grab Texas and Oklahoma when the Big Ten grabbed USC and UCLA. We're moving to a a uh, type of college power athletics two, baby. where you have a power two, a couple other conferences that, that have a couple good teams and then you have the everybody else's. And, and if you're not in that big two, what is going to become of you and your program? You're, you're just going to be falling behind those, those big two conferences. And I think, like you talk about the Pac-12, those, those TV networks are feeling the pressure. What does the Pac-12 look like in five years? Clemson and Florida State are feeling the pressure. What does the ACC look like in five years? We have no idea, realistically. We don't know what college sports looks like in five years. Could the big two go get up to 24 teams? Potentially. We don't know what five years from now holds, and these teams don't know either. They're, AFC, they're just all worried.
3: Your NFC, your AFC North, your AFC South. I mean, that's where this is going. You are not going to close the gap. At $30 million. That's how far you are behind the Big Ten, the SEC, and you have a better shot of losing Clemson and Florida State than you do making up that $30 Because guess what? The SEC and the and, and the Big Ten can say, alright, we'll be able to make that up and just have another monster TV deal the next round of negotiations. I know we just finished one, but they're not Notre Dame 10, 15, year de- 15 25 year deals. They're seven to 10 year windows, and then you renegotiate on a shorter window. Mm. We'll wind down a Friday. Lots to get uh, digested today. Thanks for spending time. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency.
1: And now.
4: And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio.
3: One final time, Hail Varsity presented by Currency for all your equipment, financing, needs. Go Currency, Krishman, Elijah Herbal. So, has the decision been made for
0: dear old dad tonight? Kind of yes, kind of no. What Is this mean? a secret? No, it's just uh, we're in, we're a little bit of Negotiating? It, it, really? It, it's
3: a case of. Mar- we're not going to give free shout outs on Friday, but there's kind of a
0: go to and then there's a settle yeah so it's uh, it's my dad's birthday yeah as he turns uh, let's do some 39. Crime. Sure we'll go with that huh? it's, I think it's 56 but that's all right. still way young. Congrats to old pops as uh, he <laughs> made just it this far 50, 50, <laughs> 50. Come on now 56 is young. I, I think this is at the point where now I stop calling him dad and I start calling him the old man. Wonder what Careful. the old man's up to today. Careful, what old you know? Uh, I got the, the
3: look uh, when I called my dad, old man, once on the radio when I first started doing this. Yeah, the old man, and the the go go gadget arms can always still reach <laughs> in the back seat of the car even while he was driving. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah, I the, believe that the, the, the reach. Uh, uh, Will Chamberlain's got nothing on Papa Bear's reach. You're screwing around in the back yeah. of the car.
0: <laughs> yeah, Road trip to
3: Denver. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That it was wasn't, common. I'm
0: going to turn this car around, and I'm going to lock your ass in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we're, we're trying to figure out a, uh, a birthday dinner spot, and we said, well, dad, it's your birthday. You pick. And he said, no, you guys pick. It's my birthday. I'm going to make you guys pick. Uh, you, better, you guys better pay. So I I think we have settled on wings. Yeah. I'm going to try to steal the checkbook before it comes, before it gets to him. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to try to get that. The question is, Here's is your trick. what wing spot in Lincoln do we want to go to? And we're right. still in the process okay. of well, establishing.
3: What, uh, what needs to happen is, to make sure you get the check, is you have the, the bartender or the waitress um, have him come up to the bar for a birthday shot while oh. she sneaks the, the check that way.
0: There is a great life advice. And the thing is, I think my dad's listening today, so now he's going to know the trick. <laughs> I always scattered when the check came. <laughs> no, I'm the same. I work in radio. Come on, I can't afford no check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better show up with a little
3: bit more of the duct tape. Scars from, from taping wires and equipment and, and and all that good stuff. Well, happy birthday, Papa. Uh, it's... um. It's really cool that you're taking your dad out. So
0: that'll be fun. Uh, Blue cheese or ranch? Ranch, 100%. Blue cheese is wrong. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. It tastes like spoiled ranch dressing. Is that what you you
3: want? No. Blue cheese. I'm not saying ranch is bad. Ranch is good. Ranch is fine. I am saying blue cheese is bad. Blue cheese, any other way. I mean, the crumbles are good. Uh, you get a wedge. Have you had, Have you not had a, a a proper wedge? Oh, I have. Okay,
0: I and, have a, yeah, nice wedge salad with the blue cheese dressing. Yeah, yeah, I've had that. And I prefer it with ranch.
3: Let's be honest. If the wings are done the the right way with the sauce or grilled or the 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 seasoning on them, if they're done the right way, you don't even need the blue cheese.
0: That's true. That's very or, true. Or the ranch. That's true. I think it's more of like a mouthfeel thing. Whenever you're eating the wings, you get that, that the, the creamy was, feel. A, easier, yeah. yeah,
3: the sweet and the heat. It's
0: about, and that's that's the problem with blue cheese to me is it adds an off flavor to the wings. That's kind of at least off-putting, in my opinion. That, that's the problem. Is it tastes like somebody left some ranch out on the countertop for like a week and like, oh, here, this will work for your wings. No, blue cheese is, is
3: absolutely the way to go like, over, over ranch.
0: Whenever I ask for ranch and I get blue cheese, every single time I go, this is the most disgusting ranch I've ever had. And I go, oh, it's blue cheese. The problem is
3: when you ask for, for tonic and they give you soda. Yes. That, that's no good. That's how you ruin a gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to get halfway down first before you notice. <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow at 7, weekend edition. Take care. Thanks.
0: A Media Production.